I love that you're wearing your Here Comes a Winner shirt. You like that? I feel like you're uh, blessing this episode. Blessing yeah. our lives. I don't know <laughs> why you don't wear that shirt more often. You know, uh, it's kind of like a lot of my shirts. They just get buried in the closet and you stop thinking about them for long amounts of time. Yeah. And then one day you're like, what haven't I worn on the podcast yet? You pull out this fucking thing. And it's like, why haven't you been using me? Because I'm awesome. Yeah. Here, And you did that yourself. You you, print, you printed that on the shirt yourself, didn't you? Yeah. I went into, uh, what do they call it? Joanne Fabric. Uh-huh. And they had these shirts that were $3. Fucking like uh, Hanes t-shirts. Every fucking color for $3. And then they have these iron-on letters. And why'd you do Here Comes a Winner? Because on the iron... on the, <laughs> I did a whole bunch of shirts. I did a lot of them. This is just one of the ones that I still somehow have. But, it survived. Uh, yeah. On the, the reason I did it is because um, when I bought the iron-on letters on the package, there's like a bunch of examples <laughs> of like of like what you can put on there. And this is one of them. Are you serious? So Here Comes a Winner. Here Comes a Winner? Yeah. Well, I love it. Yeah, it works. I'm know. surprised we don't see them more often. What shirts that say, here comes a winner? Yeah. Maybe this was a popular saying at some point. I don't even know why it was used as the example, but as a fucking sarcastic asshole 19-year-old who was making his own t-shirts, I thought it was a really funny idea, and I used to wear it to work. I think you're you're still that teenager, but I think, unfortunately, I've had to make you... Um, a loser? No, you just, you kind of play down your sarcasm. Because, yeah. you know, there's something that's really yeah. shifted in our energy. Uh-huh. Or you at least, every time you say, you're like, oh, I don't do that anymore because Cass doesn't yeah. get it. <laughs> I, I uh, Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Is that what you're saying? Like, you don't get it? I, I know it doesn't work. I, I know it does. I mean, I get it. It does I get nothing sarcasm. for you. It does nothing for you, though. Like, it doesn't get you laughing. It doesn't, like, make you see the point. It doesn't, like, it's it's dead language. I real I realized that six months after being with you, I'm like I gotta fucking step my communication up a notch, because sarcasm was a was a crutch for me. That's yeah, that's just being is. too cool for school. Yeah. That 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 saying like I'm not ever really being sincere. I always just have my little spin of my little judgment, and I'm gonna let you know what it is just to set the record straight. The thing is, I'm not like that fast or that witty, so I feel like I'm gonna lose in a game of sarcastic banter. So I don't even play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, cool. That's really cool you said that thing. But, like, I'm not going to come back at you. Yeah, yeah. I would have loved to see how you did in that improv class that you did. Oh, I'm, see, but the thing is, I can make up stories. Like, I can make things up, Yeah. you know. Yeah. But maybe it, it's not with a sarcastic tone. Yeah. I got I some good laughs at our um, performance uh, at the improv. Like, I was like, Sean should have been here. Why did I, Why wasn't I? Why didn't you? Because I think we both knew it was embarrassing for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> I think we both are just at this stage that it was something I was doing, and it would just be better off if you didn't I just see completely it. stayed out of it. It's like how we have been together 10 years, and there's certain things that we don't watch each other do in the bathroom. You know, it's like there's a certain privacy decorum yeah. you know uh sustaining of the illusion and i think maybe you've seen me uh flub at moments on in front of people as a improv comedian might have been just too much for either one of us to it, handle it, it would have been too much for your heart to bear but i did get some good laughs and i did when i got those great laughs i was like man sean would be proud of this moment yeah 
I, I just remember coming to like the after party or whatever the fuck it was. And like all these dudes that probably had crushes on you the whole time are all of a sudden like, oh. No, I don't think it was like that. <laughs> <laughs> of course you don't think it was like that because you don't see the world like that. I felt it was like that. It was definitely like that, you know? No, because in your improv, you, uh, man, they have you like reenact uh, in situations. And I remember I just like took one of our fights and I just like started like screaming dramatically about it. And I used that as like the um, the grist oh, yeah? for my performance. Really? Yeah. What What was the fight about? Oh, I can't even remember at this point, but I just remember like it had like fury, you know, because most of the stuff we fight about is like not really super significant. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to get the fury going, but it does. But yeah, now, but in the moment I was like, you know, it's a beautiful furious. Time. I was furious. Yeah. No, I didn't know. I was never furious at you, but you know how you can tap into that, that version of you that is furious. That's all it is. Yeah. Like, okay. There is, you can access this, like, range of emotions. That's what actors do all the time. Mm -hmm. They're ac accessing, like, I think they're getting, like, some sort of possession that happens. Like, or where they tap into a being. Acting is one of those things that I would like to know more about. You know, I think it's one of those skills we should all. Yeah. Like, it's like home ec or cooking, where they don't actually t teach cooking in school anymore, but they should, and they should also teach acting. Yeah, they should. Yeah. It's it's one of those things I feel like there's some people that can that just are so natural. They're they're just like they're made for it. Mm -hmm. Like it, they're they're so good they don't even need any formal training or anything like that. And there's people that can really really hone in and get good at their craft. Like Brad Pitt's a fucking great actor. He's really good. Like I know he's like the most obvious actor, he but like He's really good though. Name something where he wasn't amazing in it. Not even like just like <laughs> Like, everything he's done, yeah. he's, like, ridiculously good. And when you watch those movies again and you're not, like, so taken aback by his good looks, like, you can see the little things he's doing in scenes. You're like, this dude is brilliant. He's, like, he's a character actor that is tra trapped in, like, the most beautiful man in the world's body. Yeah. Like, he's really a character actor. You know, it would be a really good um, reality show. What? like me and brad pitt hanging out yeah just fucking smoking fat ones yeah yeah that would be I, pretty cool i would love that but um take 10 people and have them trained who can't act like they do a you know a submission video and they're just horrible and then have them like over the course of 10 weeks trained by like the best actors in the world the best acting teachers in the world and then see how they improve and see what lessons they get well they have to make a movie together they have to make a movie together. Yeah. Oh, after. Yeah, that's part of the reality show. Yeah. Like it builds up to the season finale where you see how they came off on camera. Where it's like, where they're having an awakening of this heart, mo body, mind, and soul. Like it's a full, I, I feel like in order to be a really good actor, what the really good acting t coaches tell you is that like you want to tap into a truth. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to transmute a truth a, a genuine state of being even if it might be like a foreign experience to you because you can tap into like this indra's net at the the web of connection we all have mm. and so i don't know i think that's a really good concept actually i think it'd be fun if that if that show existed i would watch that shit with y'all yeah yeah I would... I'd, I'd fucking try out yeah you would be perfect because i can't act for shit you would be perfect but i would love to show. be good at it because it's like you look good on camera and you're like you're really funny 
and and you're smart and you're with it but like for some reason there's this other cast that's just like let like you like when okay it's time you're like an empty vessel like like it's just like something happens i'm a deer in headlights yeah remember that happened uh, we always talk about this but remember it happened with you like with darts oh yeah I it got was the ridiculous yips. you were such a, a natural i'm a victim of the yips you were you were such a natural you were the best player on our team unexpectedly halfway through the season we're looking at the standings and we're like so Cass is the best player on our team I of did. all men. Mm-hmm. And then Cass comes in here, all men who've been playing darts their whole life. You come in and you're like, you're the best player on our team. And it's like almost almost like us pointing it out. <laughs> just turn the tide. Empty vessel just showed up for the rest of the season. And you, to the point where you took yourself out, you're like, don't even play me. I, well, I can't. See, I don't think, I think this is two different things. Because I think what happens when that happens is that I've, I'm like, I've accomplished what I've come here to do. Yeah. Like I did it. I'm at the top of the mountain, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I'm, yeah. You know, I'm trying so hard to show up and throw the darts good, and then you get in your head that you're like, I'm good, and then you have to stay being good. You have to find new ways to keep the motivation going. We and talk about this with Michael Jordan. Yeah. He knew he was the best. The whole league and the whole world acknowledged it, and he kept doing it for like ten more years because he would use everything and anything. You just said something to me. Did you? You didn't say it. You didn't say it. Okay, I believe you. Did. You you did say it, didn't you? You fucking said something. I'm gonna fucking slice and dice you now. You know yeah. he 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 would make shit up. He'd make stories about people, do things to like just like keep himself motivated because he had already reached his characters in the game were very dramatic. Like he did everything to like make the story mm-hmm. even more crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially gambling. I mean, think about gambling. Like that's one of the, his. Uh, favorite things to do yeah and so if you think about that like the rush you get and the adrenaline you get from putting it all on the line or Mm -hmm. putting a significant amount on the line or from taking someone else's money yeah because i think that's what he really got off on oh yeah like beating someone and and taking and actually taking their money yeah the the dude has more money than he could ever spend in a hundred lifetimes Nobody's like, haha, I have your money. He's in like, my I'm pocket. taking your fucking four hundred dollars. I got your money in my pocket right now. Yeah. And it and it keeps His me security guards reaching. and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it it um Yeah, you gotta find you gotta find reasons to be really good. It's funny because for me, it's you. Like if I'm sucking at something, you this happened the other day. When I was rolling this fucking joint, you were like, like I was, I was ready to give up. I was like, this is, this is too, this thing's falling apart. This is too hard to do. Like, I don't think I can roll a joint this big. And you were like, Sean, you're at the dart line right now. <laughs> it's time to fucking hit a bullseye. Cause you know, that's when I like, that's when I come to life. That's when I like can really do my magic. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, I'm standing up here. I'm at the dart line. Everyone's watching. My opponent's it's, nervous. The whole game is on you. The, the whole, whole game's on me. That's when I'm like, I got it. I got it. And yeah. I twisted this fucker up. It just be just from you reminding me of that state of mind that I get into when I'm up at the dart line and I have to win the game. Yeah. Like I'm like, you're good under pressure. But I think if yeah. you had reminded me, like, hey, it's the Cass. opposite. It's the opposite. <laughs> Remember your, <laughs> I'd just be like, <gasps> Yeah. Yeah. A good amount of the players on our on our dart team were like that too. Yeah, I mean, that's the it's reason. Like we we had can, to, like, make sure, like, oh, no, no, it's not that big of a deal. Just, yeah, stay calm, stay calm. If you're calm, you can dominate in darts. Like, if you don't give a fuck. That's the key. That's it's why not I, that hard. That's, it's really not. No, it's not that hard at all. It's just, it's really just trying to do the same thing every time. And and like, just, release. And, and just, just getting your release point right. It sounds so crazy that we even play darts or talk about it, but it's fun. Uh, and that, that it's season. A metaphor. That season that I took acid every week. 
I ended up with a plaque that's still up in the Peekskill Brewery. <laughs> mm-hmm. And all these motherfuckers in the league that hate me, fucking because I was beating them on acid, not drinking, have to fucking go in there and look at that plaque every time they go to pull their darts out of the board. Well, and, and that's I, what keeps me going. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I will. I will say that you were a really good player before you started doing acid, but I think yeah, that, I was that better. I, like back in my early twenties, when I was drinking yeah. and fucking just going up to the bar every day and playing darts. Yeah, I, I was better. Yeah. Remember, we got to this point where I was like, Sean, you're sucking. Like, if you keep sucking, you're not allowed to smoke weed before our dart games. Yeah. Because I was so upset. Because I was like, I know you're better than this. Yeah. And I think that your lack of zest and competition that, like, maybe smoking. That's all it is. Does. I don't care about, uh, not only do I not care about beating and humiliating someone when I'm on this, I don't want to. Yeah. I feel bad for them. Yeah. It's weird. Like, I'll go out and I'll smoke a joint and I'll come back in there and I'm like, I don't want to. Like, this, this, this is this guy's whole life. Like, he's so psyched about this. This guy probably works fucking 75 hours a week. Like, who am I? Some scrub to come just, like, beat this guy and humiliate him in front of his wife. His yeah. wife. In front of your wife. <laughs> I'll fucking humiliate you in front of your wife. Yeah, but you like to wear the black <laughs> hat. You don't even care. Hell yeah. <laughs> Sometimes in life it's okay to embrace that. It's em- to embrace that side of you. Especially when you see other fucking people see perceiving you like that. Mm-hmm. To be like, oh, cool. That's who you think I am? I guess I will be there with you. I'll go there. Yeah. You know when someone thinks you're the big bad wolf and you're like, no, I'm not. You haven't even and seen you blow it. their house down. Yeah. As you're fucking defending that you're not that. Yeah, totally. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. All right, I'm the big bad wolf in your life. What do you want to do? Yeah. That's, well, when you're someone else's big bad wolf, it's best to mind your own business. Because the more you get in someone else's business who thinks you're the big bad wolf, the bigger of a wolf you be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? If they see you as a wolf, there's no like tiptoeing into their life to try to soften your image or whatever. They're suspicious of you. Stay away. Just fucking stay away from it, you know. At least that's our prescription. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I only have... Uh, a few people in my life that I think of as like former friends. Like mm-hmm. we're legitimately not friends anymore. Like there, there's no love loss. It's just like, whoa. And I'm the big bad wolf to them. And and I was when they decided to uh, not be friends with me anymore. And it's like, man, I tortured myself I, with, with one of those relationships in particular. I really tortured myself. Like I am not this fucking person. And my whole process of going about trying to um resolve and and correct that in her world just made it way worse just the the worst mess you could possibly imagine you know so you don't want to make messes once i embraced it it's like oh okay cool i am i am the big bad wolf you're me and you well because like michael jordan needs someone to be like yo like make a a scene after they shot a three pointer and Mike is like, "Fuck you!" and I'm gonna get you back for humiliating me or whatever. Yeah. Uh, some people like need that, so like they need you to be like you can't control how everyone feels about you. No. And it's not really in your business. Um, 
grace and uh, omicelian i think turned me on to this like it's not your business what people think about you no and i totally agree with that no you know how people use you or you know you're saying someone from the discord taught you that as opposed to me shouting it at you every fucking day who cares what anyone fucking thinks who cares what they think of you well no he just (laughs) said it in a, a way he has a good way of condensing into a thought yeah um no, I feel I've it's I I remember you know you have that friend who stirs up sh- shit and is like I mean I don't really have this friend but I've had these friends where someone will like go to your other friend and be like this person said this about you or this whatever and it's like you're the bad guy not the person who said something in private behind their back mm-hmm. like I mean this whole thing is like talking behind someone's back is bad yeah I mean I understand that but like sometimes people just like use gossip and and relationship as a way of relating and getting closer it's okay and it's okay and i expect people to use me and i'm going to use them sometimes and be like oh what do you think's going on with them you know like you know it's just whatever but then uh there's been times that i've had lessons not a little removed from me where people are like he told me that this person said this about me and i'm like well he's an asshole because you never should have known what that person said about you yeah, you had a either you had like a cute little saying for that uh, the other day. A situation like that happened, you know, where where somebody was conveying something to their friend that someone else had said that was going to hurt them. It was going to hurt the friend, and it's like if this is going to hurt them, then maybe you're the asshole instead of the person you're fucking snitching on. Mm. Consider mm-hmm. that shit. Mm-hmm. You know. You just want to make people feel good. So if you're going to say something to someone that's going to make them feel bad, but get them on your side against someone else, I'm like, I don't know who you should trust in that situation then. Trust yourself. Trust yourself. Yeah. Don't take any of it too fucking seriously. Yeah, man. But, you know, people are going to talk shit. And it used to be something that really fucking disturbed me is when I found out someone had been talking shit about me or this or that, or, or just even that I would be brought up without me being there just the the idea that i'm there but i'm not because you want to control it you want to be like because i my name is i've heard you say this so many times my name is not to come out of your mouth i've only said that to one person i know i said i had to say it to uh, this fucking crazy stalker (laughs) cinematographer guy that we had in our life and he was costing us business and i i fucking called him up and i was like my name's not to come out of your mouth if i find out it does oh it's gonna be bad so bad. Yeah, yeah. This can be real bad. I will put on the black hat. <laughs> what? It used to drive me crazy. The other day, I don't know, we were on a hike with someone, and we were just being real with mm-hmm. each other. And he's like, you know, an ambassador from our friends back home was like, you guys come up. You guys come up. People talk shit. People try to fucking, you know. Yeah, you know, like, like of course you guys come up in conversation. Like, we're probably the easiest people to gossip about. Like, we have girlfriends and weird situations and space camp and, like, we're taking psychedelics. We're, like, going towards spirituality. We're fucking with magic. Like, we're just, like, not, you know, it, it's easy to it's easy to fucking judge us. And this guy tells us, you guys come up and people judge you. And I fucking really was hurting my heart, but I was just holding space because I'm like, hopefully this has a happy ending. Like, I don't even know why you're telling me this right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Remember yeah. that? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I think so, yeah. And uh, then he was like, but he's like, you know what? It always comes back around to, and he brings it there. This this dude, he's like one of our dear friends. 
he said, anytime this comes up, I just let people play out all their little stuff. And then I say, but aren't they happier than all of us? And he goes, everyone agrees. So. Well, yeah. I'm like, all right, talk shit. It's whoever your master is. But I think the reason I usually, because I can just go to the reason I talk shit about people is usually because I want to like, there's something about them that I don't want to see in myself or I don't want to do or I don't like, I'm like resistance to. There's like, when you cast a judgment, it's because you like want to separate yourself from it because you're like, there's a moat between me and that thing or Mm -hmm. that way of being. And I'm not like that, you know? Yeah. But like, of course, like uh, we're all so connected. So it's, it's, uh, it's like all the, the funny mirrors and reflections of yeah, seeing in <clears throat> someone else something that maybe you judge most harshly about yourself. That's and, what it always is. That's yeah, what it you always wouldn't think is. it is, but it's like, if you're judging someone who's like totally different than you, it's maybe because you have a self-conscious aboutness about how, um, they're going about their life or if they're better at whatever it is you want to be better at or. Or, you know, not even caring about the thing that you want to be good at. And you judge yourself for caring about the thing that you care about. Yeah. And I can only speak from uh, the judgment that I've dished on to people and what they've dished on to me. And it's usually like uh, some sort of jealousy is wrapped up in there and all that type of stuff. And it comes from connectedness. And it it, it comes from uh, just this constant culture of comparing. But usually what what it boils down to is like, Oh, something I'm doing is is triggering you. I'm free, man. I'm just doing whatever I want. What have you deprived yourself of that my lifestyle is triggering you? Because it ain't hurting anyone, as far as I know. It's just what have you deprived yourself of? Well, that's so funny because I think of the the, peop- the things in my life that can be triggering, you yeah, know. And like, for well, it's, it's if someone's like doing more hard drugs than I do, even. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and then I was the other day you were like, don't judge them. And I was like, I'm judging them because I don't want to do that. <laughs> like I have to maintain this story, you know, or whatever it is. Yeah. Like I'm not at risk of doing harder drugs, but you know what I mean? It is one of those moments where you're like, you get scared. I had, I had yeah. And I, had, I feel like I had, I was like, okay, I can acknowledge this as judging, but I can also just understand it as like my body's way of trying to protect myself. Yeah, that's all. You're telling a bad story about something I under- I don't understand because I don't, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to understand it or whatever mm, it is. Because you don't want to understand it. Yeah. You don't want to take that lesson. You're not using the jealousy and the, and the uh, you know, the, the animus that's being produced for, for your soul's evolution for that reason. Mm-hmm. You're just like really taking it to heart instead. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds better. <laughs> it, it's all like it, it's crazy like when uh, it's not like we talk about this or uh, like this type of thing a lot but it, it's funny when you like zoom in on these like little uh micro interactions like how much is actually going on in every in any given moment yeah the amount of energy that's being exchanged the amount of communication that's going on even with someone that's bad at communicating because they're communicating no matter what yeah totally you get around someone that's fucking tight as hell and they're not making sense to you and nothing's adding up and it's just like you're you're just like you feel their confusion fog they're communicating they're yeah. communicating everyone is always communicating exactly where they're at and, whenever, and everyone's always communicating exactly what they need yeah and when you resist the awkwardness of that situation you make it worse yeah you're like oh, i don't want to be part of this no, awkward way of that. relating no way what like we almost do the opposite i feel like our whole life is like a fucking just freaks freaks show 
it's it's a freak show. But the, you wouldn't. And it think seems it. like when people are doing great, we don't see them as much. I had to point this out to you the other day. It, it, it's like like because there's a lot. It's a, it's a lot. It's like uh, everyone. It, it seems like everyone we know is going through it. And then I'm like, hold on, let's let's look for the pattern here. We only want to be around people going through it. Yeah. When people aren't going through it, for some reason they don't come around us as much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was. We were saying this last night about how we invite the confusion. We not only invite the confusion, we facilitate it, and we do the the substances that could really make you confused about what your story is here Hell or why yeah. you're here starts, or what you're doing substances that strip away your story oh all your story your ego is your story and so i'm like i'm confused but we're all confused but like that's the point like it's oh mm-hmm. it's like basking in the confusion of mm-hmm. like once you can bask in that this is what i always say i'm like my fucking doors of perception have been blown open so many times that like it takes a lot to get a rise out of me. Yeah. And now I'm like searching for that rise where I get scared. Yeah. You know, and it's been a minute, but like, and then I think of something we have coming up and I'm like, oh, that seems a little scary. It might get a rise out of me. And there's yeah. part of me that's like genuinely scared, but part of me that's also like, all right, like enjoy it, be present for it and allow the confusion to come and. Yeah. Embrace it. Embrace it. Yeah. And honor it. Like we honor the magic. We honor the confusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, I, I think it's, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful place to be in if you realize that you're confused. Oh, because when you realize you're confused, you let everyone else be confused. And you're yeah. like, this is exactly where we're supposed to be. Yeah. We're supposed to be confused. I don't have to fix anything. Yeah. I don't have to change anything. I don't have to do anything. Like I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to figure it out. And that that's another thing that I realize. I'm like, I'm not smart enough that even if I wanted to figure out, I could. Yeah. I mean, it's just a reality of your life that at some point you're going to realize, like, you're either smart enough to understand the meaning of the universe in mathematical terms or not. And you might have to rely on just, like, feelings and guts and yeah, intuition and well, I, trust. I, I, well, I trust those things more than mathematics and science and uh you know other people's stories about what's going on here yeah i I know that we're like we're we're special we're special but we're monkeys yeah humans yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and, and we don't have to figure it out it's like really not incumbent on us to figure out what's going on here it it's a mystery and it's fun to get little clues as to as what we consider what's going on but really what's going on is you figuring out who you are is the name of the game Mm -hmm. and and you do that by expanding your compassion by noticing your confusion when you see it in someone else you have compassion for them and noticing your anger and when you see it in someone else you have that compassion you notice your jealousy Mm -hmm. we all got it we all got it People yeah. that are acting like they're past anything, and that they're and that they have something to offer because they're they've uh, gotten over something. Get the fuck out of here. Oh yeah, I mean, I always <laughs> play the like I'm past jealousy game, but it's not true. Like I'm not past it because I I just yeah. it takes a lot for it to be awoken. Yeah, and, and, and maybe it, it's like different, but I have the capacity to have jealousy, of course. Yeah, but I usually I've like had to do so much work with it that it doesn't really. It, I think I have a higher threshold. 
Yeah. It's funny because like when, when people like feel comfortable enough around us, which anyone should to like ask us questions about like how, like, geez, how do you guys deal with like taking on other partners? How do you guys do that whole dance and everything? <clears throat> it's always coming from, from their place of insecurity about them doing that mm-hmm. and, and their jealousy, which would immediately be triggered by, by a third entity in, in their relationship. And you and I got, got past that part so long ago not saying that the jealousy is not there it's just um it's not a it's not that surface level thing that you think it is i think we went (laughs) in it so in and through it and the way i can think of it is like we've pressure tested our relationship that i'm like you know when we went skydiving together Mm -hmm. and you were like yo save your worry for like when we're jumping out of the plane like we're just on the way up it's one of those yeah it's It's like i could see it in you you were like um you got like those kind of like those shivers that don't have anything to do with the temperature. Oh, Th- yeah. Those are scary. I get them. I, when you're overwhelmed with worry. Yeah. To where you're Ugh. like, I can't like, like what the fuck is this? Like I've, I've had that a million times. I mm-hmm. used to get that when I was traveling. I used to get that feeling like before I had to do a big commercial shoot. Your body's like jumping out of your skin. Yeah. Like, it's like can't move I as fast can't, as you. Why? Like yeah. your body's like, why are you about to do this? And the, the, Part of the way I got over it was by going skydiving because that was my fucking worst nightmare. Yeah. The first time I did it, I wasn't with you. And so I, I'm with some people that I was working with down in New Zealand. And uh, I, they thought I was cool and I wanted them to think I was cool. So I was cool. <laughs> and you went skydiving. Yeah, but the, yeah, but the, the lesson I learned is because like you're going up and in New Zealand, um, you can get out at 15,000 feet. They won't let you do that here. Yeah. You know? And, and I'm like, what's the fucking difference? 12,000 or 15,000 feet. And one person out of our group uh, chose the 12,000 package. So we go up and we get to 12,000 feet and then we had to, we let one person out. And they swung that door open and I like I caught the reality of what we were trying to do. And that's when I had to like, for those... <laughs> <laughs> For those extra 300 feet that we were going, I really had to um, channel my coolest self. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was able to bring that lesson back to you. It, it didn't really apply, it, I didn't think, to to my life in general until we went skydiving. And then I was fucking cool as a cucumber. I was just like, cool, yeah, I've done this before. I know how scary this is. I know what my body wants to do. I'm not going to go there because it might trigger some other people. So I'm just going to be cool. And then I saw you go in there and... uh I was like, you know what helps me <laughs> is just put the worry off a little bit. Yeah. I'm not going to worry until that door opens. Yeah. I'm not going to worry until I'm sitting on the edge. I'm not going to worry about it until I'm fully out. By the time you're out, like you realize like, oh, I've, I've let go of this thing. I faced the thing I was so worried about and now it's just happening and I can just let it go. I literally just have to fall right now. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's like a to trustful i don't want to go skydiving again or anything like that i took away the lesson that yeah I, I think we both said like we wouldn't necessarily recommend it unless you have like like me i had like a need i was like i need to do this mm. but i think it's a really good metaphor and can be used in so many different places in your life and the reason i use it with jealousy is because like we've pressure tested our relationship that i'm like yo we're gonna be together and like okay my worst fear is that we're not but do i like want to manifest that early by like clinging to you with possession and jealousy no, it's like when you're walking out the door, then I'll get scared. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when we're just having a good time or sharing 
our love or fallen in love with like we did with mare and you know like it's so beautiful that we could do that and like what am i going to worry that you're going to have some side conversation that you're gonna have the brilliant idea that you want to leave this 10-year relationship i'm like i i don't want to live in that place and so it's like yeah maybe i might have somewhere deep down that but i'm like i'll just put that off yeah and i think that's what happens is a lot of people don't put their worries off especially in that and they're like they don't think for 10 seconds that like hey you're probably with your part unless you're opening your relationship up because your relationship's like fundamentally flawed (laughs) yeah and you're kind of like looking for the exit strategy which i think some people do yeah and and they they bring in polyamory as like uh, the nail in the coffin yeah or like uh, i are you cool enough to handle this and then you can Mm. like fail them or whatever and then just like okay Whatever is that's not what. Oh, oh, there it is. <laughs> or like, yeah, or like, you want to set up your next partner and you don't want to do it while cheating. So, mm. I don't know. Maybe we're just judging. Maybe we're just judging because we don't of know. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, of, we just talked about that. And we're like, <laughs> uh, oh, we're just trying to figure it out. Yeah, because I think it's um, yeah, it probably works in a lot of different ways too. Putting off your worries and anxieties and stuff. You're like, let me wait till this bad thing that I'm scared is going to happen actually happens. Why would I waste this moment being there? Mm-hmm. Like if I, especially if I think and know that that moment is going to suck, why would I make this moment suck in anticipation of that? Oh, man, we had to do that dance. I've had to do that. I st- you still can get caught. It's like at this point, everyone kind of gets the vibe with like coronavirus, like COVID. It's like at the beginning, you were so worried and so scared. And then you're like get to a point where you're like i'm not gonna spend my life scared i'm not scared about it anymore i mean it hits me every once in a while that i'm like oh did we just fuck up oh by like hanging out with some people or whatever yeah we i mean you hang out we hang out in the like most low risk situations like with one or two homies that also only hang out with one or two homies but Mm. um yeah you can't help it but you just like you kind of get accustomed to it and you're like okay this is kind of learn the lesson you know you kind of got to go through stuff to vaccinate yourself by slaying your fear it is one necessary vaccination but but you really you, you got to be on point to 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 slay that one because th- this fear over this pandemic is is uh, it's coming in from every angle and everyone is is scared about it even the people that try to act too cool for school like this isn't even real or whatever you're so scared you can't even acknowledge the reality of half a million americans dying over this like you're that's how scared you are it, it, you're not showing me how brave you are. You're showing me how scared you are. Acknowledge what's going on. It's a fucking demon, and let's let's yeah. f- let's fucking make sure that that demon doesn't infect us. Demon seed. Yeah, we don't need that demon seed. So, uh, I mean, it. We indulged all of our fears when it came to coronavirus. We fucking didn't see anybody for months. We were fucking taking our clothes off, taking showers, and washing washing all of our groceries. We were doing everything we were told to do. We were wearing two masks when we went out. Like, yeah, when your normal gets so disrupted, as everyone knows, because we've all gone through this. When your normal gets so disrupted, though, that like when we found out you don't have to wash the groceries, it was like, oh my god. Oh, yeah. I've never felt, felt like, so relieved. Felt I was like, like heaven. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an, so it's like we, uh, it's almost like all this restriction is allowing us to have like gratitude for the freedom, which I think might be, I definitely hear the arguments that it's, um, 
you know, a mode of control and, uh, well, we're extremely adaptable mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, it, it did work as a way of controlling us. Why did the media have a, a death counter 24 seven sitting there? Like, you know, like you pop on CNN and there's a death toll just sitting there like a, like fucking how morbid and gross and obsessive and, and greedy is that you're trying to keep people so scared that they're, that they stay tuned in. It's fucking gross. It's so gross. And it instills us with such fear. And you know, the dead giveaway is we have a different president and they stop doing that. <laughs> like get real. Well, now we have a different president and the media's like, all your problems have been solved. No, I mean, it's such bullshit, but I think <laughs> it was kind of, in response to having a president who didn't want to acknowledge it as a real thing. So it was kind of just, I'm th like, honestly, I don't want to defend CNN because I don't like them and I don't believe in what they're doing. And I totally agree with your point, but maybe it, my dislike for Trump is stronger at the sometimes. Yeah, no. And, and I get that. And I, I think a lot of our, a lot of our dislike and discomfort with Trump, um, blinded us to who we really are. And that became who a lot it of people revealed were. who we are. Like, yeah. it was such an ugly mirror that I was like, oh, God. And I still want to push it away, mm -hmm. you know? But it's still one of those, like, oh, all yeah. right, I'll look at you. I'll look at you. I'll look at you. Oh, man. You. Well, like like Ramdas used to say, like, how he would he would keep a picture of, of like, Richard Nixon on his puja table and, yeah. like, Henry Kissinger. It's great. I, 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 I didn't go as far as having a picture of Trump around here, but... um. I really did make an effort because it was driving me insane and and I it clearly was driving my parents more insane so I used them as the talisman of like where I didn't want to go. Yeah. I did not want that guy to control me. There was uh especially when he first got elected there was an omnipresence about him. Right. And it was like okay, if there's going to be this omnipresence of this of this clown-like figure, I might as well uh learn how to how to work with that and learn how to at least in my life take that power away from him and just look at him for what he is he's a clown it was a, that was a fucking clown show and a lot of people fucking suffered because of it yeah and he's kind of like the perfect response and distillation of where our society has very like, yeah. evolved to but, and but from, how, how we were founded and everything oh absolutely exactly and for, for me to pretend as a white boy in Brooklyn who gets to live his life making art that Trump is affecting me or taking me down in some way, like, hell no. I'm not giving him or anyone that power. He does, though, because he affects the people you love and care about. Like, yeah. It is. It, it does. Like, yeah. that's why these politicians are so fucking important. And that's why it's, uh, yeah, as we know, unfortunate that they actually don't really work for us. <laughs> no. They all work for the same corporations. <laughs> it's 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 disgusting. I could I could do many podcasts about it, but like I honestly have found it it's become boring to me. Yeah. Because because I did that dance and I played that game and I was I was very interested in um, you know all the chess moves that the, the politicians were making and paying attention to that and having an awareness of it and like now it seems boring because I understand their game so well. Yeah, that, that the whole fucking thing is it's it's like it's like professional wrestling. Yeah. 
oh, do you want to make your living feasting off critiquing it? Or do you want to just be the thing that you stand in opposition to? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, it's, you know, it, I think we're just such uh, somehow performance artists, even though like our, our art is trying to be as like genuine to who we are as possible. You and I? Yeah. 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 So there was, there as at times like uh, wanting to like have our perspective heard about what's going on but i hear you and in, in that it's like oh that was an opportunity to just like inside job shit yeah yeah it was it was in like everything it was an opportunity for personal growth it was an opportunity for this uh for this country to see what we're really all about and it's a shame that um mainly liberals just did not use uh, Trump as an opportunity to see what this place really is and, and what we're really about. Because I think that Trump had the opportunity to radicalize a lot more people towards um, compassion just by showing what it, what it how uncompassionate he was. And it just didn't go there. They just instead want to fight his fight with him. And that that's how you end up giving him unknowing. That's how you end up giving him more power. Like, even by responding, even by having a fucking strong opinion about this motherfucker beyond, like, he's a fucking clown. He's a clown, and, he, and he'll use anything to fucking get that attention. Yeah, we're watching, like, a, we watched, like, the first episode of the QAnon doc. I think we got the picture in a lot of ways. Yeah, of course, it has to be, like, a four-hour fucking commandeering of your life and just like you know we we saw the writing on the wall right away as soon as we turned that thing on like oh they really want us to pay attention to this for four hours and make us paranoid about fellow americans as opposed to talking about what made these people susceptible to these types of beliefs well i'm sure they get more into that as maybe (laughs) as they want to make everybody look like a fucking fool well yeah i mean when they tell you the things that i mean not one thing convinced me about Q, the uh, validity or veracity of the Q as a, a true source like yeah. I was like this is ridiculous so it's yeah. it just goes to this place of people are going to believe what they want to believe mm-hmm. but there was something also kind of beautiful because I kind of for the first time could see their love of Trump as I mean I have seen this before but kind of really somehow believing that he's going to take down a system that i also want to get taken down there you go that's compassion and i kind of i kind of know that like because people are like oh he's gonna drain the swamp but i couldn't get past being so pissed off that i'm like he's filling the swamp how do you not see it (laughs) yeah i know i know well but that that's when you just have to have compassion for them because it's like we want the same thing they weren't educated to be critical thinkers it's a fucking fluke that that we're able to do that barely we're barely able to do barely it. yeah yeah and you know it, it 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 breaks my heart to see the opportunity for a film where you you know you have subjects that are saying we voted for obama twice and then we voted for trump and they don't even go into for two seconds the conditions the, the failure of of the obama administration and the democrats to do anything for real people and that's what made people go so radically the other direction to the point where they're lost in conspiracy theory, which to me is just a layer of consciousness. I mean, they are. And that's them being critical thinkers because they're like, they, they're like, this is fuck. This is wrong. Like, yeah. we need to look deeper into it. But, mm-hmm. 
yeah, it's just, it is, it is kind of an indictment on our system that like, okay, but like, why, why flat earth when we could actually get together and believe something that changes something. Mm. But then there's also, it's so perfect. It's everything so perfect. Yeah. I mean, that, that whole, the, the Q movement, um, the QAnon and Blue Anon. The Blue Anon is is all the same. It's the same thing, but it's for the other side, and it's and it's Russia Gate, and it's Putin, and it's you know Edward Snowden, like uh, you know Julian Assange is a bad guy, like like all like the trust me, the the uh, the but so-called yeah, left. Has, where the Democrats has, are saying the CIA is the best institution yeah, ever, this, and yeah. you're like, wait, what happened? Yeah, all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden, Democrats are like pro-war all all you know four corporations against $15 minimum wage you know against medicare for all it's like y'all are fucking either way either side the, the q movement and the blue movement they're meant to keep your frequency low they're meant to keep your frequency in the paradigm where you're paranoid about your neighbors that's it it's meant to do that because that keeps the systems and the powers that be. The well, that's what that gets so frustrating is you want to like be against something, but you end up just being a shill, like just a, a pawn. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're all so wrapped up as these pawns. And so like, all you have to do is like, I mean, I don't know what you have to do. You tell me what you have to do, but I think it's when you can have an awareness of the game, you know, awareness of mm-hmm. the ridiculous nature of this reality and that you couldn't really possibly, know exactly why everything happens the way it does and what it serves and and yeah that's why i think we like to believe what martin luther king said was like the 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 arc of history is long and it bends towards justice Mm. which i like to believe i do believe yeah i I have i believe in karma Mm -hmm. you know yeah i think people are living their own karma in every moment Mm -hmm. even if they seem really like happy we're living our karma as a country yeah. Yeah. And anyone could have told you that. Anyone anyone with any sense of of uh of history or karma could tell you that America has long had some shadow work to do and that when you avoid it and you don't do it all that fucking nastiness and nonsense comes to the surface and it fucking crystallizes your destiny. Do you believe we're at, at in the, in the midst of the fall of the American empire? Hell yeah, we, yeah. We, in our, our whole lifetime has been that. Yeah. Yeah, and it didn't have to be that way. Because it's like there's a shiny veneer, but it it. The, the veneer's not so shiny anymore. It's not so shiny anymore. And, you know, and that and that um that false sense of American exceptionalism and American innocence that uh that keeps this whole thing going and keeps people patriotic and xenophobic. Um, I I feel like the the people that are um, invested in keeping those things going are going to be sharpening their tools because the veneer is going away and it's pretty clear to anybody who's paying attention like the american dream is a nightmare it's a fucking nightmare trying to live your life for upward mobility trying to live your life in competition with your fellow humans you know trying to get yours well and um, upward mobility becomes less and less of a it's, thing to achieve. it's impossible. <laughs> it's fucking I mean, it, ridiculous. It wasn't always impossible. It's no, that's like what right I'm saying. Now. We blew it. We blew it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we blew, blew it. it. We blew it. We blew it. We blew it. You blew it. You blew it. We blew it. <laughs> you blew it. 
we had this song we were singing this song you blew it and mm. it was so brilliant and then things in our life started to happen where we were blowing it and we had to change the lyrics to we blew it we blew it <laughs> <laughs> i mean isn't that kind of how it happened yeah we were talking about oh he blew it you know he had a great girlfriend and then he blew it oh yeah and then then we blew it and yeah it was like, well, oh, talk shit. about karma i know you know you uh you indulge your judgment mm-hmm. you indulge that lizard brain and then it, and then all of a sudden you're like fuck man yeah you're not the one with the last laugh yeah yeah oh never <laughs> never we ain't getting away with shit down here. That's why I try to just always be laughing, because I know it's not my last laugh, so you might as well enjoy the laughs while you have them. Yes. Get while the getting's good. Get while the getting's good. Yeah. We have a funny time while you can. Mm-hmm. Use your legs. No matter who's the fucking president. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, Joe Biden makes me laugh more than Trump, mm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Me too. He's got more. He's our funniest president yet. Yeah, talk about a gaff machine. God, did you see when he fell down the stairs? Like he couldn't get up the stairs of Air Force One. He fell three times. Did you see that? I th- yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, some of his, some of his blunders are just unbelievable. Honestly. Yeah, he blundered. He he is um he's like the last example of the American dream. It's he. This is a guy who just failed upwards his whole life. Yeah. He was just fucking never effective or good at anything. He fucking ran for three pre- for president three times before this. He had to drop out for all kinds of dumb reasons. He plagiarized people's speeches. Like he doesn't stand for anything, anything. Oh my god! He's he's such a fucking joke. He sniffs little girls' hair. He's fucking probably a rapist. Like we don't know. We don't know that. Okay. Do, it, that has not even been accused. What are you talking about? Has he been accused of that? Yeah, yeah, he got a, he he got very credibly accused uh, during the primary. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, and all of a sudden, everyone who said a very dangerous thing to begin with, believe all women, weren't believing all women. It's very true. What the That's why these blanket statements are stupid. Yeah, come on. But for real, believe all women. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Andrew Cuomo, our governor here in New York. I'm just kidding. When he was powerful and he was on CNN every day and everyone thought he was a savior. He was killing tens of thousands of old people willingly That's and he I'm was saying. lying we don't know about it. what the it. fuck is going he on. He was lying about it and he was making sure that marijuana wouldn't be legalized here even though he fucking ran on it. Yo, I this guy is a corrupt piece of shit and... The only traction that got going in getting this motherfucker to resign, even after this scandal where he killed all these old people, was him being accused by a dozen women of fucking sexual misconduct. Crazy. That can't be the only reason we hold people accountable. Yeah. It can't be. It just can't be. Like, we can't go down that path. It's so dangerous. Well, because everyone's doing the other stuff. Yeah. Everyone's so corrupt, so it's like... Yeah, exactly. But I was like, I'm a good guy. I haven't assaulted anybody. But it has worked <laughs> in our favor. What? Well, oh, well, now the guy has no fucking power. He he refuses to resign, this fucking piece of shit. 
he refuses to resign, even though he has so much blood on his hands. And um, that he has no power, that the Democrats were able to kind of force his hand on, on a pretty, what looks like a pretty progressive marijuana legalization bill. From what I read, it looks like the most progressive one of all 15 states that have legalized. Which is what we needed, and we just should have done it sooner. Yeah. Yeah. Should have been done sooner. Mm-hmm. Like, like 50 years ago sooner. Hundred years ago, sooner. Cannabis legalization is a very important thing. But are you looking forward to our podcast having six marijuana plants as our background? Yeah, we're allowed to grow. Each, I think, each household is allowed to grow. If if each individual is allowed to grow six plants, we're gonna have twelve plants. Uh. <laughs> but I do look forward to that, and I look forward to um, there being there's gonna be consumption sites, so we can make Church of Chill. A real thing that like the vibe is high and tight all the time. You come in here and you smoke. There's going to be good music playing. There's going to be good homies hanging out. We're going to be playing games. We're going to be writing music. We're going to be making art. We're going to be painting. You know, we're going to be getting to know each other. We'll be doing podcasts, live performances, like a real, a real vibe. Honestly, if more nightlife stuff was like that, I'd leave the house more. We would go out every night if a place like this existed. I know, so it's very exciting. I like might. I can go, I can go down and play chess with someone at the Church of Chill and get turned on to a whole bunch of music and smoke a fucking a joint uh, like Bob Marley. Come on! I've just got so excited. I almost don't even know if I. can I'm telling you, myself. Church of Chill is going to be a real place. It's going to be, it's going to be a consumption site, and we'll do many of them. We'll do them in all the states. We'll do them in all the states that, that are legal. Yeah, and they'll be like each person will have like a local hub that gets, um, that brings the local flavor to it. Yeah, and and what's great for us is like, I don't know if we want to be involved with like all the legalities of selling this stuff, and you know, no, we all, just do it behind those, the back. All we're selling is a vibe. Yeah, we yeah we sell it. We on have the a deal. sixteen year old. We have some who gives kid. us a cut. You yeah, know? <laughs> we have some kid that gives us like ten dollars off every eighth that he sells. <laughs> but that's that's side business. I'm just saying on on the official, we would just be selling a vibe. Just be, there's a good vibe in here, and that's why people come here. That's, I mean, isn't that why people go to certain bars because the vibe is better or whatever? Isn't that why people go to church? <laughs> just what I'm saying. We could start to fucking bring it all together. Bringing it all together. But, but we needed cannabis to, to be legalized so we can do this legit. Mm-hmm. And I think that cannabis legalization, even though it's becoming like a thing that's happening everywhere, is very important because we'll see as time goes on how much of a values-changing drug that is. And when, uh, when alcohol is the only place that people can turn, that's a values-changing drug too. But the values that changes is you don't give a fuck about your values anymore. Yo, sometimes people come over here and they're like, oh, thank God. Like, I don't have to drink. That's not the scene here. Yeah. And it's, and then they, then we see them every Sunday night or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, because it's like, this is, yeah. this is an alternative uh, energy, alternative vibe that is um, unrepresented, uh, underrepresented. underrepresented for a reason. Mm-hmm. But with legalization, especially with opening of uh, consumption sites, we're going to be able to network better. We're going to be able to see who the other people are. We're not going potheads aren't going to have to be so isolated and paranoid. Yeah, and it feels like there's like a saturation right now of like um, art and products that are around uh, the awakened state, mm-hmm. 
and there's a moment where I'm like, oh, is everything just getting commodified and commercialized? And then there's a side of me that's like, we live in capitalism. This is a commodity and of yeah. universe. Don't you want to see rainbow mushrooms and trees and fairies and little sayings about how do you need to, uh, you know, time is an illusion? Like, don't you want every person you walk on? passed on the street to have a shirt that says time it is an illusion little reminders little all over reminders the place. like it's so as much as you can like have a moment of like oh shit like everybody's in on it you're like thank fucking god yeah i mean it's about time yeah because then we could take the next step collectively mm -hmm. and who knows what that is i think this is us uh really first a big leap towards uh achieving alienhood as a species for sure us getting high all the time. <laughs> yeah. Getting high, getting The aliens by. love it. The aliens love it. They love weed. They they can come to you. And yeah. Hear. We had a group abduction over here last night. Your rogue signal. We fucking, we, we all got abducted last night. That was fucking crazy. Imagine being able to do that with a bunch of strangers who wandered into your church. Let's get abducted together. Let's call on the aliens. Let's all smoke together in this certain way. And we'll say this chant. Yeah. And you can and have we'll certain, they certain rooms that are like, oh, you're getting high in the 60s. Oh, oh yeah. you're getting high in the 70s. Yeah. Or themes. Oh, I've, that definitely. I think we should make um, a hot box time machine. Yeah. Where like um, you, you go into this, you go into this room and like you're straight up, like everything in there is from the summer of 1967. Yeah. The music, the people are dressed a certain way, the posters, what's being played on the TV or the radio in there. And then we could have one for the seventies. We could do one for the eighties, the nineties. And not only that, but like the way they smoked at that time, the certain devices or whatever. And then by the time you get to the present day, there's like, you know, vaporizers and all that technology. And then we could have a future room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Hot box time machine. Church of Chill. Heard it here first. You heard it here first. We're just gonna, we're, we're feeling inspired. Oh my God! Yeah. We're we're totally feeling inspired. Um, we need we need people to uh, invest money, <laughs> and we need to go make money. Yeah. But um. Hit, send us your send your rich uncle our way. Yeah. Your please. angel investor rich uncle who wants to see, um, the Church of Chill come to life. Yeah, I think I think we could make your rich uncle more rich. I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, support us on patreon.com slash church of chill uh, that's our main way of, of connecting with people these days and growing the community right we're playing the best tunes on there always a fun time yeah yeah just having a lot of fun having smoke sessions with people making new friends this new art exchange uh, is really inspiring seeing people get s send songs and paintings and sculptures to each other it's awesome yeah, and when um, Church of Chill is all over, you want to be an OG member because it will come with perks. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just yeah, joking around, being there, being a fucking a, helping, a, helping us make this thing brick by brick, like that's gonna come with benefits. I feel like I definitely it's gonna be feel like being in on Microsoft, like from day one. Yeah, you know? but it's, it's, it's gonna be the cool version of that, and it's a different type of exchange, you know. Mm -hmm. But I feel like yeah, we're all. I'm so inspired by everyone that um, feels like we're co-creating. Yeah. What's to come? So I love it. I love you. I love you. Thank you for doing this podcast with me. Yeah, thank you. We have such a funny life. 
Yeah. <laughs> Let's go uh, have a funny time while it's still daylight. Absolutely. Peace, love, and magic, Peace y'all. Peace, love. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. <laughs>